Minneapolis, of Minnesota, and of the world, welcome to the People's Pitch Podcast. I am your trusty host, Nate, and happily, John is not in studio today, and I say happily because he has welcomed a son into the world on Friday, Augustus Gus Bisworm, the stallion who mounts the world. John John and Small John will be joining us soon via some pre-recorded goodness or some Skype in, Skyped-in goodness, I should say. But for now, it's just me holding down the fort and bringing the heat. And much like this past weekend at the Barnyard, I've got some definite heat for you tonight. Uh, we're going to have a PLA weekend recap. I want to recap the 56ers' visit to the yard, including a couple player interviews and some questions from the Twitter masses. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we can fix for next week when we go right back to Madison and try to take it to them um, on their home home field. And uh, the return of our famous speed round. John is going to put me through a speed round, and I have never been so nervous in my life. But first, let's talk about uh, what happened around the weekend in the PLA. Uh, we really dodged a bullet there. As far as as far as as far as the action this weekend's action, uh, well, we'll start in the East. Stuff that doesn't really apply to us until until we make the playoffs, but it's important to keep an eye on. Um, the action started early on Friday night out there when Toledo beat uh, the Grand Rapids Olay three to nothing. Toledo is is John's early favorite or John's favorite to win to win that division, um, and it looks like Grand Rapids is everyone's favorite to uh, end up at the bottom of that division. Uh, they haven't won a game yet. They're not. They're not a very good team. Uh, the other games that this weekend out there were uh, Carpathia versus Adria. Carpathia lost uh, one nothing to Adria uh, at the Carpathia Club, which is the coolest club in the Eastern Bloc. And uh, Oakland County drew with Aurora Borealis one to one. Aurora Borealis is playing a convincing spoiler role this season they already stole three points from Toledo earlier in the season and now they have denied Oakland County a piece of the top uh, county is in third place conveniently two points behind co-leaders Adria and Toledo uh, if Toledo hadn't lost to Aurora they'd be comfortably at the top of their table but uh, as it is we've got a little bit of a log jam up there and speaking of log jams in the west everyone gets a point you get a point you get a point Everyone gets a point. Everyone gets a humpback whale. Croatians won. Woodbury Reserves won. This was something we were worried about because Woodbury was the Minnesota United Reserves were playing a double header in Milwaukee this weekend, and the Croatians were were the first to go up against them, but they were able to hold out and get that draw. And then the Bavarians the next night or the next day could not capitalize on any fatigue that the reserves would have experienced, and they drew against the reserves one-to-one. So they took a long road trip to Milwaukee, and they came away with two points. Plus, they kept the Bavarians at nine points. So thanks, guys. Uh, we are all now uh, tied up at the top. The standings have the, have the Bavarians, 
and your favorite Minneapolis City SC at nine points atop the table. And Cedar Rapids is hot on our heels with eight points. But both the Bavarians and, and Krapids have a game in hand. So the Croatians um, will be enjoying a back-to-back this coming weekend against the Rampage. It would be really nice if the Croatians could do us a solid and just kick the shit out of them. I'd be pretty happy about that. Uh, and the Bavarians will be coming to East Ridge, East Ridge High, for a rematch uh, against the Reserves. And much like us, they're going to be hungry for all three points so that they can try to find some room at the top of the table. I think looking forward, when you're taking a look at our league, uh, if home field advantage is even a thing anymore, uh, we're going to have three games here in the cities of our Final Four, which is really beneficial to us. Uh, we're going to be hosting the Bavarians and hosting Crapids, and then we're just going to head across town to Woodbury to play at East Ridge High uh, against the Reserves. So that looks pretty favorable on paper, but then again, so did Saturday's matchup with Madison, and we all know how that went. Uh, a disappointing 1-1 draw against the Madison 56ers. We're going to talk about that right now. Uh, on that note, I got to Skype with John to talk about Saturday's disappointing result. So let's go to that and uh, and see what he has to say about the 56ers. John, what's up, man? Thanks for being able to Skype in. I know it's tough taking a break from, from being a new dad. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it feels weird to be on the uh, the guest side of the uh, of the panel here instead of being on the host side. Um, but no, yeah, uh, Gus came came into the world. Uh, he's done nothing but watch soccer his entire life because the Euros are on. <laughs> yeah, it's and, a good weekend for it. Yeah, it's it's good background uh, noise to have when uh, you're changing diapers and uh, and and watching your your wife provide him food. <laughs> did he also get to watch the Minneapolis City game then? He did. He saw um, this is his second City game. One was in utero, and right. that was the win against the Croatians. And then uh, at home, and then he was able to uh, in the hospital. We I, I pulled it up on my computer, so he was able to watch the Fifty Sixers. And uh, I must say that uh, he was a, a little unimpressed with what happened. Yeah, so, but we'll get into that. <laughs> well, if we thought last game's or uh, last week's pregame experience was bad. Uh, for the team this week was worse, and that probably affected kind of their performance on the field. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, having a little inside track as to what happened. So what happened in Cedar Rapids was more purposeful and maybe uh, a little bit uh, naive as far as how to run an outdoor soccer experience versus ha- out running an indoor soccer experience in an arena where we were in a weird closet with the team and they had pitch side uh, fans right next to our bench, which is a recipe for disaster, like we mentioned. But uh, our experience was the uh, our facility, for some reason, did not have us uh, planned to be there. So yeah, so the engineer didn't have anything unlocked. Yeah, nothing uh, the shed unlocked. wasn't open, so no scoreboard access. Um, you know, we couldn't even get into the into the school, so that sucked. So they had to improvise, use the Y for the locker room next door, the yeah. Y CA next door. Thank thankfully. So, you know, we've talked about teachable moments as an organization. This This, is one of them. This is one of them. So (laughs) we have worked to rectify that, uh, especially when we have um, our friends uh, from the Bavarians coming into town next. You know, we've assured them that we're going to get it figured out. So it wasn't intentional, which is good. So, you know, again, teachable moment. We'll make sure we uh, dot the I's and cross the T's when it comes to the mandatory uh, things we have to have to be a host. So Yeah, uh, it was 
So yeah. bad day to have guys standing around waiting to play because as uh, as we had some two Twitter questions point out, uh, was it hot out there? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. I was. Um, we said we said last week that we needed to lay down uh, a total butt whooping, or it would be just a moral loss, and we failed to do so. And it feels crappy, especially considering our goal scored against was an own goal. Yeah. Know, how do you, you know what? What was your general general thoughts on the game? So first thought, uh, yes, it was, it was hot outside. I was, you know, unable to go outside. (laughs) So I was in a overly air conditioned room that was like 60 degrees, which kind of stunk. So, but anyways, um, yes. So it was super hot outside, total bad experience for that. Um, you know, again, apologize to the 56ers if any of them care to listen to our podcast. Um, you know, we, we hope you don't reciprocate the favor when we come this weekend, but, uh, apologies for that. But yeah, you know, it, um, it wasn't the total butt kicking that we needed in order for us to, you know, to, to check off the moral box, the moral win box. And it was really disappointing. And I think that from, from my perspective and from some of the players I talked to, it was about as equal to losing to at home to anyone that it could have been. Yeah. Uh, the game, I mean, the game starts on such a high note. Goose shows off why he's such a weapon for us uh, on the right wing. He cuts in he's, and he slots one home with just ten, within 10 minutes of the opening whistle. It was, um, a, it was a nice, tidy finish, too. You know, just yeah. a little little deft touch chip over the keeper um, at full speed. You know, it's something mm-hmm. you'd see in the Euros, right? It, yeah, something we saw today, I think. Uh, what was it? In, in, the, in the Wales game, yeah. Bale had a sweet little... Sweet little chip, yeah, but I would, uh, I would so how dangerous is Goose, and so, is he only going to get better? I just I'm just loving this kid every week. So Goose is super dangerous, and and I think we talked about it before. He doesn't have like a huge bag of tricks that he like pulls off all these like crazy spin moves or step overs or any sort of other move that I don't have a name for right now. <laughs> but um, I think it's his change of pace. He's so fast. And he's so compact and low to the ground that you either have to foul him or you're chasing him and he's already by you. And his, uh, his first touch is, is very, very close and compact. So when he has that kind of quick, quick twitch muscle movement kind of change of pace, it's hard for a defender to really know how to stop that unless you just kind of bowl him over, which if you watch our games, what happens? It happens, it happens all the time. And uh, it, it even happens, you know, it happened in the box. I think in the second half, we were sitting down uh, behind the opposing goal because there was some shade there. And you could see Goose make a run, and he's he's kind of taking it to the end line, and he gets a shove, like a hard shove out of bounds. And I'm, I don't know if you could see it on the stream. He, he went onto the it went, track. It went, yeah, no, that was a, that was earlier. I'm talking about uh, in the second half. <laughs> there was another one. It was completely uncalled. It was unbelievable. It was so obvious that he got that stiff arm. But yeah, then there was the stiff arm where he went out on the track, and uh, that was the yellow card, right? You you have to foul this guy, yeah, uh, or he's going to score on you. And I think when you talk about how dangerous he is, um, he is. He right now from first half of the season. If you would have asked me in the beginning of the season who's going to be our most dangerous offensive weapon, we would have said most likely Andy Laurie and Matthew Gway. Yeah, wouldn't have said the kid coming out of high school. Right, exactly. So we talk about his ceiling. I think his ceiling is limitless. He's going to one of the best soccer programs in the country in Indiana next year, and he's only going to get stronger, and he's only going to get more technical on the ball. So he's got such a great foundation from a soccer perspective that his, he only has an upside. So we hope you know, he stays healthy and that he continues to grow, and then um, you know, 
Lord willing, he accepts the uh, position to come back with us next year. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see why he wouldn't um, unless he goes at a, at an even higher level. But I think, you know, his ceiling is limitless and, and he's showing that uh, on the flip side, when we talk about our attack, I think we are a little bit too goose heavy. If you've noticed a lot, yeah, of, a there's lot not of, a lot going on on the other side of the field. And it's not to say that we don't have the firepower on the other side of the field. It's more so that he creates chances almost every time he gets the ball that we can't get so one dimensional, no matter what formation we're playing, always going to his side. And, you know, you can switch him to the other side, but then it, it flips over to the yeah, other side. Yeah, it's just a mirror. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. And, um, you know, it's a little bit disappointing, I think. Um, and it could be, you know, tired legs and, you know, guys coming right from college and having, a, you know, not really even a week break. And then we started our preseason and we're in Des Moines. You know, guys are meeting each other for the first time, like we mentioned on the bus there. And, uh, you know, that, that's a little tough for guys. And I think we've, we've figured out how everyone wants to play with each other. It's more so that now we need to vary where our attack come from, comes from. Yeah. So Madison throughout, throughout the game was kind of content to attack on the counter. And they got that goal back, you know, five minutes after Goose scored, thanks to uh, some chaos in front of the net and an own goal off of, off of Nate Engel. Nate is solid on defense, especially in the air. But, it, I mean, his, his air ch- aerial challenges are off the charts great. But it seems like his mistakes cost us goals or cost really close chances. Right. I think that's that's a valid point. I don't think he makes a lot of mistakes because his positioning is so good. And I think not having Trey next to him, when Trey's there, he can he can be a little bit more of a risk taker uh, because yeah. he's got he's got Old Faithful back behind him yeah, or next to him. Point. Um, and you know, knowing that um, he didn't the Trey didn't start because of uh, he picked up a, a late injury, um, you know that hurt Nate because he he's our he, you know he's our center back that likes to get forward, and when and with that comes maybe some of those you know what they they. I'll call them miscues rather than mistakes. He's not making glaring mistakes. It's more of a miscue that you might have from a center back moving forward because, um, you know, they're when they go forward, they're bombing forward. They're not, you know, meticulously dribbling past 10, 15 guys, you know, they're, they're one dimensional going forward. And, you know, we saw that he has the skill sets to play in the central midfield and against Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, so he has those skills. And I think that he takes more risks when he has Trey back there. Not to say AJ didn't play well next to him. I thought AJ played fantastic. But I think that on the flip side of this also is that um, Alex Bradley's as advertised. And the mistake that, or the miscue, again, I don't want to call it a mistake. The miscue that he had uh, was something that Alex Bradley, who I think from, I didn't see Gerson play in in Iowa, but from everything I hear, he's he's also as advertised. We've seen a guy like Francois with Bavarians or Weidenbach with the Croatians, um, and even uh, uh, Brown with the reserves. Um, all those guys are quality strikers, but Alex Bradley is the is the lone bright spot for Madison, and he capitalized on a miscue. Yeah. Uh, so let's nonetheless, Madison did not come to lose, right? I mean, they were mad. They played physical. I think only a crazy three yellow card play that started with a hard challenge against Samuel yeah. really settled them down. Um, I'd say their defense held pretty strong, but that is not entirely true. Right. And I think the, so from what I was hearing on the, on the stream, watching it uh, with the boy, um, it wasn't actually three yellow cards. For some reason, the referee only booked the guy on the challenge, which was a terrible challenge. Like, that was the same yeah. guy that got sent off against Milwaukee. 
and cause their complete and utter meltdown. And then the <laughs> six nothing. <laughs> their six nothing complete and utter meltdown against the Bavarians. Um, but it was, I mean, it, it was a hard challenge in a non-threatening area of the field. So I think that's why he saved the red card. Um, yeah. And I think the yellow card. I think the guy, the from what the the uh, Matt said on the stream was that um, the referee was trying to find the guy. Who, oh, okay. Who he? Because he was raising that card and then turned around and walked over to another guy and raised the card and then ended up following someone back to towards the towards the. Uh, towards the opposing net and anyway so it looked like three yellows but if it's only it was only, only one that makes sense well because i asked wexler about it as you hear and he was like and he had no clue what what i was talking about <laughs> yeah it was um because matt actually asked the referee at halftime and then he gave an explanation for what the referee said and they were they were trying to find the right guy so it may have looked like three guys got booked but only, only the only the uh the perpetrator got uh got oh. put in the book so let's get to a Twitter question from a citizen. Uh, they asked, what's with the finishing? This was definitely a game of missed chances and poor finishing. So we had chance after chance after chance throughout both halves, right? We had a Gway from, this is just a litany of them. We had a Gway free kick that went high. Uh, Steve had a great long range shot, parried off to the left. Uh, great save. Goose had his strike fly high like a minute later. Uh, Matthew Gway had another open chance at about at the end of the first half that he just didn't take. In the second half, Goose, Gway, Wex, they all missed chances. What's going on there, John? I mean, can we really chalk all of it up to field conditions? Or was their keeper, number zero, really that good on Saturday? I think it was more so the weather. You know, you saw guys constantly going over to the sideline to get water. And, you know, from a player perspective, you can play in in high heat, but you can't play in high heat like 90 degrees um, mentally as well sometimes yeah um you know and, and that you know that's where you see people capitalizing on miscues and that's why they got their goal i thought it was kind of a more of a physical um miscue than a mental one and i think that with, with our, our finishing you know it hasn't been stellar this season we've we put away some chances but i think in the column of missed chances we we have more more hash marks um i think that you know I've been to trainings. We're going over it. Guys are guys are finishing in, in practice against good goalkeeping that we have. So I, I think it's a matter of time. I mean, you saw with a guy like Andy Laurie, his goals kind of come in bunches. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of how we're going to have to be this season, where goals are going to come from different spots in, in, in bunches. All right. Another Twitter question for us. How big was Trey's absence? Um, I would say not too big, given AJ's ability to be physical, and to step up into that center back role. But in your mind, it sounds like when we're missing Trey, we're missing something special. What is that? It's more of just that we call him old faithful <laughs> as a joke, but it's kind of true. Um, he's that calming presence. I mean, you've met the guy, the, the folks listening to this have, have met him, you know, through our interview with him. He's just a, a quality individual who has that calming presence because he's not, he doesn't get rattled, um, you know, and I think he's, you know, he has the ability to be playing at a much higher level, and we're so grateful to have him, and, and that's the reason why he's our captain because he's kind of that silent leader. But, you know, you you fall on the on the fact, like, wh- if you're a striker, you, you play off the tendencies of the guys that you're going to give and get the ball from. But in the back line, you also play off the tendencies of the person playing next to you and understand that they're going to cover for you to, to be able to, to take a risk or two. And we just... Uh, we did. We didn't necessarily have that. It looked like, and it, it wasn't. We didn't get caught, like you know, with with our, our pants around our ankles on like counterattacks 
because our defense broke down, they were still solid without Trey. And I thought all four of them played yep. well together. It was more so that like, just he's just one of those guys that you miss him when you miss him, and that's the only and that's the only way to explain it. Yep. In my opinion, I think no Trey and no Matt Elder kind of left a communication void in the back mm-hmm. that Duncan needs to learn to fill a little better if he's going to continue to start. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I thought he made some really good saves. And, yeah. you know, the stream that we provide isn't, you know, what aces. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of from a, a, a tough angle. And, and, you know, you can you can any anyone attacking to the east goal, you can see better than the, the west goal. And I thought more of his saves came from the in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to Duncan's credit, he he had to come in shaking off uh, an error that cost us a game, our only loss. Yep. And, you know. If he's going to continue to get playing time, um, you know, he can't have those miscues and, or, or make the mistakes. And I thought that he did an admirable job of stepping in and, and, and kind of erasing that. Um, however, I think that when you look at the competition at the position, you know, Matt is the guy who has not had the mistakes or, nope. um, or has not been the, the leader. I mean, Duncan talked the whole game. But it's something about having Matt back there. It's like having Trey back there. You just know what to expect. And, and Duncan, although he's fantastic for being an 18-year-old and he's going to a great program at UCLA and he's highly touted for a reason because he's physically so gifted, it's the things that Matt does from an experience standpoint that, that, he ha- that Duncan has to learn. And it's not hurting him. It's not hurting our team. It was an own goal, right? You know, yep. he, he did his job to keep us in it. Kind of a fluke. Kind of a fluke, yeah. But, you know, they'll start to add up when you're in net. And if there's a guy who, who's not having the bad luck, you kind of got to ride the heater, like we talked about with Will Kidd. You know, yeah. like, don't bottle the heat. So I would, you know, I'd be surprised if we if we don't see Matt, you know, getting more playing time coming up and, and it truly being a, a training ground battle for Duncan to, to get playing time. I mean, they're both great options, right? Um, but we're now halfway through the season, so we, I think we need to start figuring out what we're gonna, what horses we're gonna be running the race as we get um, into the stretch here. Yeah, I mean that kind of that kind of leads into my next question. Where you know, as we start talking about some of the players that that we trotted out in this four three three, we have another new new version of that lineup. Um, we've already talked about you know AJ in there, Trey out. But do you feel Duncan got getting the starting goal? Do you feel that was the right call? I mean, it sounds, you know, you might agree with me that probably not at this point in time. That there are other other chances to try Duncan out there. Right. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that they were the last place team and a total butt kicking was the only thing that we would expect, uh, we would accept and expect as a rebound. Um, however, Seems like maybe a safe game to start him. Yeah, a, a totally safe game to start him, a confidence builder for him. Yep, um, and I think he did gain confidence from that start, especially because he made some some great saves. Um, I never never one to say that the coaching staff makes the wrong decision because that's not really a, a decision that can be wrong. It can just be incorrect for the time, the timing of it, and maybe this time, um, you know, not taking anything away from Duncan, that perhaps Matt would have been the guy to go to because he's such a leader in on the field and off the field, and Duncan's learning that um, that you know, maybe we could have gone a different way there, but it wasn't a terrible decision to, to start him at, by any means. So with Trey out uh, with an injury, AO got to wear the armband. The famous and, Stegman armband? 
Yep, and AJ Albers went into beast mode, and he really held down that that second center back position. I think he did really admirably. Um, he's really never been one to shy from establishing himself physically, and that was evident in the 15th minute. I don't know if you could hear it on the stream, but he really put the hurt on someone. Oh, you could hear it. Drawn that yellow. <laughs> I mean, we heard that from all the way across the other side of the field. You just heard that slap. He dropped that guy hard. Yep, and I it's I would not expect anything less from the, the beast from the east. Um, I was a little bit worried. It was so early in the game that I was yeah. thinking, oh, man. He's going to have to restrain himself now. Yeah, and the last thing we need is because he's not used to playing with, with Ingle in the back line. They played together for a couple of years, but usually one in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, if there's a miscue in the back and he's got to, like, actually earn his yellow, uh, we might be in some trouble. But you're right. I think he played great. He showed that his versatility, and he showed that we really were missing him in, in Milwaukee against the Croatians and in, in um, Cedar Rapids, that no matter what position he's at, he's an asset. So we need to find places for him to play. And it just happened to be center back this week. Yeah. So, that I means Steve moved in at uh, center defensive mid again. And I feel like his style is more complimentary to Samuel than, than Wex, where it's kind of vice versa when AJ is in at that CDM position. Um, you know, Steve and Samuel, they're looking to move the ball. Steve can make a couple, a couple challenges and kind of you know help out on D a little bit, but really it's he's about helping, uh, helping get it forward. And AJ is a guy that's just moving forward. Wex is a guy that's moving forward. I feel like they, they're a little less creative, more direct. Yeah, I would say I would say that's true. I think you know Steve's very direct too. He you know he's the he's the king of the of the safe five-yard ball, keep possession. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that comes from his pedigree of being a Minnesota Thunder Academy graduate. It's very much so what they play. Um, but, you know, a- you're right. With AJ in there, he's he, he knows when he, when he can and can't, you know, take a risk. And nine times out of ten, it's the right risk to take. And he wants to get forward. And he, but he has the, he has the ability to, to get back. Where when you know we talked about Steve unleashing that that shot, I thought it was a great take from that yeah. distance. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting it because he didn't really get forward. He's more the guy who shades the back line. So okay. um, I thought he filled in great. You know, it, he's not experienced like AJ is, but you know he's a guy like Goose that you hope he sticks around for a couple years. So our guy Will didn't get the start. We were calling for it all last week. Uh, Gway kept, keeps his spot on the left side, and I had kind of a. I had a big problem with his touch, with Matthew's touch and his vision. Um, any thoughts on that? Do you agree? Um, you know, I thought his touch was okay. His first touch is always positive. It's not, it's not a negative first touch, meaning that, like, he's always looking to either turn a guy or to, to move into space to, to turn to get forward. I think that what we lose with him constantly tracking back to get the ball is if he's, if he's on the wing and he's tracking back so deep to get the ball – Another offensive weapon with his skill sets is out of the equation because yeah. now he's taking the space of more of a true winger or midfielder as opposed to being a, a, a an outside striker in a 4-3-3. So I thought yeah. it wasn't that he, he had bad touches. I thought it was more negative touches than positive touches. Yeah, then, I, agree, I agree with you there. I think that, you know, the intention of kind of what he's trying to do, turn, like you said, turn the ball, stay, you know, control it and make some runs is always – He's doing the right thing, but it just doesn't didn't work out more times than that, more times than it did. Right, and then we see Andy kind of on an island. Then right. Yep. 
and he's doing all the work that he can to get the ball, but you can't, you can't use a guy like Andy when 90% of his time is draining his energy for when you need to use, you need him in the position that you need him in. And I thought, you know, with, with Matthew, um, you know, again, those negative, negative touches, even though they were, they, they're positive in a sense, cause we're keeping the ball, but, um, it wasn't, we, we're not seeing the dynamic Matthew Gway yet. And it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna come. He has it all. It's more, I don't know if it's, he's better suited with a strike partner up top as a more of a two forward system. Um, or, you know, he's more of a withdrawn kind of false number nine behind the, the striker, um, in the central part. So I don't know. I don't know if we're not necessarily misusing him, but it just it hasn't clicked yet, and it's kind of tough. He's coming from playing a different system in college to now playing multiple systems with us, which is a positive for him um, to learn how to play in different things. But his his best skill set is is attacking at defenders, and we're not really seeing that as much as I'd like. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know, even though he did tally that assist and and it was a great, a it was a great assist. To, boot, to goose. Um, I think he's definitely more dangerous when he's making runs behind the defense and, and taking some shots because you know if he's to be I don't I just don't see that besides the goose assist like his vision just isn't there to look up and find the guy I think he's looking to go to the net and score right and which is not what a always does. what you need on the wing right it's what a striker does so you yep. see him come in and play that central striker role but then he's coming back so deep to get the ball then your wingers are pinned out by themselves out wide and there's no one in front of him to work off of. So it's really just kind of, it's kind of feeling him himself into the game more than the game taking away from him and the, and the formation of the system. So I think we'll see it. But you know, the interesting thing is, you know, what do we do when Sam Forsgren comes back? And yeah. Isn't that supposed to be coming up? I thought he was done this weekend, right? Yeah. He should be back um, next week. So, yeah. you know, um, like everyone, he's gonna have to fight to get his playing time. Um, but he's he's a gamer, and you know we we talked to him about that, and he said, you know, I'm gonna do my best to to show everyone why I should be on the field, and and we know that we know he's good enough to be on the field. But at whose expense, and at what system and formation expense um, do we get Sam onto the field? Yeah, you know, you can't take a guy like Goose out of the equation because he really right now is our attack. Um, <laughs> you know, you have Andy, who we haven't really seen the best of Andy because of him having to do more of the things he's, he's not the best at for the team versus what he's best at for the team. Um, and is it, is it Matthew who, who takes a step back? Yeah, we, don't, we don't know yet, but yeah. um, it's going to be something interesting to see. <clears throat> so after the game, I did, I did uh, get a chance to corner a couple players. I can tell you right now, nobody was really happy. Nobody was interested in, in sticking around and chatting. Uh, everyone was kind of kind of pissed off as they were walking off the field. But I did get to Ben, and I did I did catch AO uh, while he was signing some jerseys from oh, the nice. from, yeah the Los Lobos were which were getting all the signatures, which I thought was really cool. Those little those little guys were were happy to meet the players. That's cool. But um, so let's hear from them, and then I think we're gonna come back and talk a little about player movement. Huh? We got some some roster changes maybe on the uh, on the horizon. Yeah, there's um there's there's a couple things coming up, but we'll uh, we'll listen to what these two guys had to say first, and then uh, you know we'll uh, we'll get into some some player movement. So I am here with City midfielder Ben Wexler. Ben, we came out to a fast start, man, but Madison kept hanging around. What do you attribute that to? Uh, you know the field condition is tough and it was hot, and we just we didn't come out to play. 
as as hard and tough as we need to. You uh, you were playing a lot off the dribble, man. Were you missing some movement around you, or were you just trying to trying to make something happen every chance you could? Oh, my style is I try to go forward, but uh, if I can't, uh, I'll pass it off. But yeah, I mean, it's a narrow field, so uh, trying to find people open is, is difficult. Yeah, we had the same observation last week, man. You just get it and run. Uh, so no AJ behind you to start the game. He ended up he ended up moving up near the end. How uh, how is it? different playing in front of Steve than it is in AJ or Ian <laughs> well Steve Ian uh, he's younger but uh, he's more technical but it's nice to have AJ coming up behind you knowing that he's gonna he's gonna hit people yeah he's gonna take people down and he's gonna win every header but uh, you know it's great playing with both players so that three yellow card play at the end of the first half there what happened uh, which one there was like some someone went down in the middle Samuel went down in the middle and three yellow cards came out right in a row I honestly, I, oh. I must have missed that. All right, cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so now we jump in the car next Saturday and we go to Madtown. How are you going to play them differently knowing what you know now? Uh, just a hard work of training, hard week of training and getting ready. We now know what they, what they offer and we're going to have to come up with a game plan to take them down. All right. Thanks, Ben. All right, thanks. Hey. All right, I am here with... Captain Aaron Olson. Aaron, you uh, had the yellow armband on today. Yep. What's, uh, how's that feel, and what were the, what were the coaches t talking to you about beforehand, uh, how to approach this game? Uh, well, first, feels good. I mean, we've had three captains all year, myself, Trey, and uh, Matt, our keeper. But, uh, yeah, I guess Trey was out today with a groin injury, so um, they gave me the band. Uh, they told me to be the vocal leader out there. And I definitely tried to do so. Um, usually, I'm the one with the mouth open on the field, giving directions. So uh, I guess that's the direction they took. Yeah, man. I was going to ask you about that. Usually, you do uh, you do like to direct some heat around the field of the other players at the refs. Uh, sounds like they deserved it a little bit today. Refs were uh, refs were missing some calls. Players were getting a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely looked to me to be the one to dissent against the referees. Uh, Got a couple yellow cards early in the season for it, but you know someone has to uh, be on. Someone has to be aggressive with them. Someone has to be aggressive with our own players. Make sure that we're on point. And uh, unfortunately, the ground was a little bit subject today, but um, that doesn't mean that we can't try our best and take good touches. And hopefully, you know the direction I try to give people is what they take well and do well with. Sweet. Hey, a little different backline today then. So with uh, with Trey out. You moved AJ back there. Uh, how'd everyone do? Uh, Especially considering Madison came to fight. Yeah, yeah, Madison, uh, good good effort from Madison. Um, I think that we, we did well with the adjustment. Uh, obviously, AJ hasn't been playing defense all year. Um, so him moving back and stepping up like that was really big for us. Uh, you know, other than that, it wasn't too different. I know that uh, a couple guys even still from the road trip last week, are kind of nursing some in, some injuries that they had. So um, all in all, I think I think we did well with the adjustment. The only goal we gave up was an own goal. And, um, you know, that's that's a really crappy feeling yeah. all around the team. Uh, but on a positive note, we didn't give up a goal to them per se. So I think the defense held strong for the most part. Talk about Duncan's performance really quick. He was uh, he was all over the place. Yeah, uh, a couple great saves. Yeah, um, how's it different with Duncan and Nat than it is with Matthew? Uh, well, you know, 
Duncan is a little younger. Um, he's definitely athletic. Uh, can't fault him for that. I mean, he's jumping everywhere, and we definitely feel confident with him in our net to uh, make the saves that he needs to make. Um, I think, you know, one thing that he'll grow into is his vocalism on the field, his direction. Uh, as a goalie, you have the whole game in front of you, so you can really see the whole field and how the team needs to move and how we need to play the ball. So hopefully he'll, he'll grow into that role a little bit more. But uh, all in all, good, solid performance from Duncan, which is what we needed from him. It's just unfortunate that that, that own goal squirted in. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'll Thank see you in you. Madison next week. Absolutely. You got some shirts to sign, it looks like. <laughs> well, as John would say, wasn't that a treat, folks? Uh, really appreciate those guys stopping to talk to me, even though they probably weren't in the greatest moods. Um, but let's look forward to next weekend against the 56ers. What can we do better? How do we really take it to these guys next week? Um, let's look what we said last week and honestly assess if it was something that happened. So first of all, early on, we said early high pressure. We want to apply early high pressure against their terrible back line. And I think we did, obviously. Um, we just couldn't finish it off. You know, we had a great chance at, at, uh, in the first 10 minutes with Goose's goal. And then we had just a number of chances throughout throughout the course of the game, and we just could not put more goals away. And that leads us to our second, our second point, that we want to make sure to follow shots and, in fact, shoot often. And, oh, that's what we're missing, following shots. I think there were a few places where we had some nice rebounds. I think Wex had a, had a nice, nice chance off of a rebound that just went wide. Um, but in general, it feels like, you know, there was just one or – one of our wingers kind of alone uh, charging at charging at the net and hoping to slot it in and it would be nice if there was a there were a couple other guys to help on the attack um, we also wanted some physical energy John says physical energy up top um, perhaps the three that we do up top is smart and it turns out it was pretty smart we could have used will early in my humble opinion um, but uh, in general I think you know our, our, our front three were able to to really press the D. Uh, John also had suggested that we we start small triangles in the middle and uh, use our possession effectively to kind of cause problems. And I think this is not something that we're that is our strong point or our strong suit as a as a team yet. The midfield uh, is doesn't really work that well together yet. They're not patient enough. Um, we've kind of commented a number of times on the differing styles between some of our midfielders. Where you know we we said that Sam Samuel is more of a give and go player. And Wex is more of a go player, and he he admitted as much to me in that in that on field interview there. Um, and finally, we wanted to make sure we didn't sleep on their forwards; they can create problems. Uh, the back line definitely needs to keep organized. And isn't that the truth? I think uh, I think we saw that number sixteen Thompson. He's kind of got a dangerous mix of size and and speed. And uh, you know, their striker. Is uh, is also someone that we need to really that we really need to worry about. Um, but you know, I think moving into next week, we know a little bit more, a little bit more about Madison. I think we're going to have a better experience pregame. I think we're going to have a little more comfort on the bench, even though we're away. It's only a four-hour drive, uh, so that shouldn't be too bad. I'll be making the drive uh, as well, so I'm going to be there to, to cheer him on for sure. And I think we've got a shot. I think we got a shot at these three points. But I know John had promised some uh, some player movement, so let's let's go back to the Skype line and chat with John one more time. Okay, so like Nate said, we have some player movement. Um, you know, 
we've had some throughout the season. So there's a lot of guys that have been in and out. Um, but most notably, um, people that are coming in, they haven't really been official yet, so we can't really say any names, but we're looking to add a couple of pieces. Um, one in particular, which we'll kind of get into a little bit when we have the release uh, portion of this, um, is another kind of established defender who has a little bit more experience because if there's one area that we have, and I think you'll definitely agree with me on this, that, uh, where we need to get a little bit more depth, um, and that's that outside back. So I think we're going to be looking into to bring in um, an, an outside back and maybe um, one or two guys that have been getting a look throughout the trial period who haven't who are still on the market maybe coming in. So we'll have a little bit more on that next week. But uh, we do have a, a release that we have to talk about, and that's uh, Brian Chapman, our outside left back. Um, Brian asked for his release last week, so he that's why he was not in attendance for the game. Um, he's looking at moving to uh, a different club overseas in a, in a second division. And oh. um, as a result of, of ongoing talks with them, um, he, he asked for his release. Nothing against the club, nothing against um, you know, the, the system, the coaching staff, anything like that. He kind of assured me when he, when he we let me know he wanted his release that um, it was as a result of being able to maybe go somewhere to get paid to play. Yeah, and well, that's, is, good. that's great for him, and it's, it's a bummer to lose him because he not only brought uh, you know, some, some depth, but he brought some fans with him all the time. Yep, and I, I would still imagine those folks are still going to come around because they're, they're friends with guys like Elder and Ingle and, and AJ. Um, that they, they run in the same pack. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, tough to see him go. Good locker room guy. You know, he, he put the work in, um, maybe didn't see as much playing time as he wanted to, um, because of the players that, you know, we had. So he's looking to go somewhere where he's going to get more playing time. And like I said, get, get paid. So we wish him the best of luck. And, you know, if it doesn't work out for him, you know, I think he left on good enough terms to, to come back in the future if he, if he'd like. Now is the time, man. Thanks for joining us on Skype no with, uh, with me in studio and you Skyping in. Now is the time to, uh, to put me through a speed run, and I've got a special speed run guest in studio, young Olin. Uh, Hello, Olin. Welcome to the show. Hi. He's, uh, he's going to answer questions with me. How's that sound, bud? Can you do that? Yeah. All right. Two Minneapolis City fans answering some speed round questions. John. We haven't had a speed round in a while. so It's been a long time. I forgot how it goes. You want to explain it? Yes. So the speed round goes as such. I will ask 10 questions, some off the wall, some not off the wall. Um, I will ask 10 questions. You have to answer the question, both of you. Um, We may give Olin a little little longer leash um, (laughs) (laughs) than than usual. Uh, But you have to answer the question before I move on to the next one. And as... In true speed round fashion, uh, are you good? Do you need to stretch? Do you need any water? You know, do you need to have a phone a friend ready? Look, you have nope. an in-studio friend, so it seems like you'll yep. be all right. We just powered down some muddy buddies, so we're ready to rock. <laughs> all right. So, you, so you're confirming that you are ready. Let's do this. Okay. So the first question, what is your best moment from the first half of the season? On the um, field. On the field? My favorite moment is the... Goose, um, the first time Goose drew that penalty and it was converted, or drew the penalty kick and Gray converted it, I believe. Um, that was like the first, that was our first goal of the season. And I thought, we can, we can do this. We can, make, we can make this happen. I'd already seen us in, at the Bavarians not score, but hold them to a draw. And now it was good to see some offense. 
Or... I liked Matt's saves. A lot of Matt's saves. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. A little goalkeeper love. I like yep. that. Well, I'll add a little bit of color on the top of that. Um, it was actually Max who finished oh, the, you're right. uh, the penalty, and it was our second goal of the year. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm always right, Nate. <laughs> I can't believe you have a memory for that. All right. <laughs> it's soccer. I remember everything. Um, so the next one is, what's your best moment of the first half of the season off the field? Off the field has been um, just getting to know some of the players, the access that we've had to be able to meet them, whether it's at the rail station um, or it's you know going on going on the, the road trip to Milwaukee with them. Just kind of being able to hang out with these guys at the beer hall and just be normal dudes, and I kind of liked that about it. Made me makes makes you feel connected to the team, you know. Right, exactly. Especially since we don't play on the team, right? Yeah. What do you think, Owen? I liked meeting all the players at the restaurant that one time. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they were really they were really gracious and they they're really open to talking to anyone. So that's that's what I like about it the best. Nice. Okay. So the next one, since I'm your favorite soccer pundit to host the show with, um, oh yeah, who, who would be the next replacement and why? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna say. Roger Bennett, Raj from Men in Blazers, the, uh, the the super bald one with the glasses. Yeah, I think he's pretty funny, and I think he'd be he'd be a good he'd be a good sub for you. Of course, of course, if, he's if not replacing me. No, no, no. That's the perks of being at the top. You don't get replaced. But I also like the guy from Argentina that's doing the uh, that's doing the Copa, the in studio stuff in Copa next to Alexi Lalas. Yeah, I think he's he's good. hilarious. Yeah, he's good. Um, I don't think Nolan has a, has a guy. No. <laughs> I don't think Nolan's going to have the next one either. Um, what is your favorite Summit flavor? Mmm, my favorite Summit. I'm going to go with uh, Saga. Saga is the, the go-to IPA of choice for me. All right. Uh, I also like Saga. I would have maybe gone with uh, the Maybach. Like oh, the that's nice. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, well, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, okay, so the next one. Who's going to win the Euros? Oh, Olin, you want to take this? Ooh, Chile. No, the Euros, not the Copa. Oh, what's the Euros? The European tournament. Iceland, Wales, England, all those guys. Oh, France. Spain. Germany. 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 Good call, Owen. Yeah, Germany, totally. Uh, I, I agree with you guys. I also um, think that uh, from a dark horse perspective, even though I'm not doing the speed round and I'm asking the questions, um, I'll drop in. I think... Um, you know, someone like, um, you know, an outside contender, like maybe one of the third place teams that gets through, a la Greece when they won. Maybe yeah. someone like, uh, I thought Slovakia looked pretty good today. Um, yeah, they did. I think Wales, if they, can, if they can put it together, they can make a deep run. Yeah, so maybe one of those third place teams gets a, gets a, a sniff in there. Someone that's a little new. Yeah, that'd be great. New, it's like Leicester winning the premiership. Someone, mm-hmm. someone a little new. Okay, so next question: What should Andy Laurie's nickname be? Oh man! Uh, besides pickle buckets, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. His name kind of sounds like um, like a, a slow Loris, like that animal. You should look it up. But he's not slow, so maybe like the fast Loris. The fast Loris. Uh, I was gonna say the Lorax. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> uh... What do you think, Olin? Do you have a nickname for for Andy? I don't know. I can't think of it right now. Oh, well. We'll go with the, <laughs> we'll go with the Lorax. <laughs> okay. Next question. A famous would you rather. 
Uh-oh. Would you rather experience a sharp pain in your side each time someone says your name or have a bell ring every time you fart? Oh. I'd go with the bell ring. Yeah, I'd go with the bell, too, because it's... I'm not... Owen knows. I'm not really a secret farter. So you already know I'm farting. Uh, you, you know <laughs> bell, that I'm the, farting. The bell's not lot. helping. The bell's not helping. <laughs> you know it's, that I'm It's farting. just extra noise is all that bell is. <laughs> but I love it when people talk about Same me. So I hate, I hate to feel pain when I talk when they talk about me. I think it would be great if it was more of a gong. <laughs> like a... Like... <laughs> <laughs> like a, a royal fart every time. Some sort of like like Chinese imperial gong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so the best player that we've faced all season and why, now that we're halfway through. Yeah, uh, Gordy Jerson, I think. He was the only guy that I've seen so far that every time he got near the ball, I was really worried that something was going to happen. From what I hear, he seemed like a guy who could maybe take over a game and, and at any given moment. Yeah, he's their goose. Yeah. <laughs> without without falling over every time someone touches him. Right. He's a little more experienced, so hopefully Goose has something to shoot for, right? Yep. Okay, so we have yeah. two more questions left. The next one. If you could title the movie made about the first season of Minneapolis City, what would the title be? Oh, man. Olin, what do you think? Movie title? The Creation. The Creation? That's Ooh, I good. Like, okay. I like that. Yep. I'm going to go with... Uh, it kind of... I don't know. This is tough. This is the first first time I feel like I could get stumped. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to go with... So much dead air. The Bad News Crows. The Bad News Crows. I think we're scrappy. I would have uh, I, I also expected accepted Murderer's Row. Oh, yeah. Good, because of the crow murder. Yeah, yeah. Murderer's okay, crows. so last okay. question. How many times do you think you could keep a soccer ball up juggling without touching the ground if you had three chances. Okay, so I mean, like, I have three chances to go as long as I can. Yeah. Wait, together? No, no, like, just, just us. So just you and just me. Like, Olin does it in practice all the time. Olin, what's your highest uh, juggle? My highest mm-hmm. that I've ever done, 12. 12, okay. So if Olin could do, t- I think I could probably 12. get up to eight. 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 Not. I mean, I, I was a mean hacky sack player in high school. But, <laughs> Just, uh, my soccer skills are not there yet. But I think if I got if I put the right shoes on, I could do eight. I, I did. My think? regular is about six or okay. five. Okay. Really? Seven. Yeah, but I, you sometimes I go out. Maybe I've got like more confidence bam. in my abilities than I should have. Well, you're in luck. We're going to test this out at some point oh. before the end of the year. <laughs> oh, <no>. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the speed round. Thank you Thanks, so dude. much for not only having me on here, but also, uh, Olin, thank you so much for joining us. I know yeah. you're an avid podcast listener and uh, the reason why we've been cleaning up our language. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for both of you for having me on. Uh, I'm going to bow out now. Yeah, man. So uh, I'll be back in action soon. Um, the, the boy Gus and I will, uh, as soon as he can regularly leave the house, uh, he'll be checking out plenty of, uh, city action. So, um, for the rest of the listeners, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, we look forward to, uh, three points in Madison this weekend and, uh, Nate closing out the show. Thanks, John. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Well, wasn't that one gigantic treat folks? Uh, next week, John should be back. Um, we are going to be recapping the reverse fixture at Madison. I will be there haunting Madtown's finest eating and drinking establishments. 
probably get a fish bowl at Wando's and just sit by myself and chug it. Uh, we are going to get ready to host the Bavarians, too, on the show next week uh, in a match that could very well determine who goes to the PLA playoffs at the end of, Ju- end of July. It will be the second time we've seen them, and we are a much different team, a team that's definitely got it together a little a little better, hopefully, by by the second by the second time we go up against them. So it uh, should be a good one. Hey, uh, I also got to mention Unchained, number 22, is almost here, and it's got a hilarious name. Check out the Zingaber Cream Ale from the same dude that brewed Herculean Woods. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's got some ginger up inside of it, putting like a, a sexy yet soulless twist on a classic summer cream ale. Uh, go online to summitbrewing.com and learn about that. They posted a video about that today on their Twitter, and I really liked it. Uh, Zingaber. Man, Germans say some weird shit. If you want to get a hold of us here at the podcast, just be sure to shoot us an email, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always tweet at us, of course, uh, at Mexinate or at Johnny Business. That's Johnny with two N's, business with two Z's and two S's. Or, of course, tweet at the team at MPLS City SC. They're always quick to respond, quick to like almost anything that anyone says about or um, even around them. They're all over the like button, trust me. Uh, that is all for this week. I am Nate. And as usual, we're going to leave you with Go Get 'em Tiger. This is Sleep Cyclone, and I am out of here. Thanks so much for listening.